Hey, Spookies. How you doing? Uh, Merry Christmas, I guess, if you celebrate. Um, here I am doing Spooky Bitch Gang. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never know what to say. Um, here I am with Crystal. Well, I'm not here with Crystal. We're on the internet, but, you know, the internet brings people together. How, Crystal, how are you? Hello, everybody. It's me, Crystal. Um, I'm really good. I oh. I like this time of year. I like, you know, festivities. I love little seasonal themes. Right. Um, anything like that, like anything gimmicky, I get really into. So it's a very fun time of year for me. Mm-hmm. And you know what I discovered the other day? I've really, I've got to say, shout outs to Shudder Australia because when they first landed in Australia, yeah. the catalog kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to stick, well, that's my man. I'm going to stick beside <laughs> him because, <laughs> because, you know. They're new. Yeah. And now I reckon Shutter has the best content. Like, it's so good. And the other day I was looking around, and you know how, like, on, at Christmas you can play that, like, forever, like, even when I was a kid, you can have, like, that Yule Log channel that just shows, like, a flaming log yeah, totally. for Christmas? Yeah. Well, they have a ghoul log for Halloween. <laughs> they had, like, a jack-o'-lantern, just like an hour of a jack-o'-lantern that you can play on it's your TV. So cute. Did you ever see last Christmas, Adult Swim did a, a Yule log, but it was like it started out as just like the footage of the fire, but then it actually had a narrative. Oh, what happens? What what happens? I don't know. I got bored and stopped watching it, but, you know, it's uh, an interesting but idea. But like there's characters or it's still just the fire? Oh, uh, well, okay. So that's what I wanted. I wanted like dialogue with the fire. And like, yeah. you just follow on the dialogue. It's like a play, a radio play, but it, it like it pans back from the fire. And then I was like, oh. I'm not interested anymore. Okay. But yeah. They should have incorporated the, the log more. Yeah. Maybe they did. I don't know. Um, You know what everyone's been talking about? Have you seen Leave the World Behind? No, but that's got Ethan Hawke in a Bikini Kill t shirt. And you know was it you who said that, that you know that's going to be annoying if it's Ethan Hawke in a Bikini Kill t-shirt or was that someone else? <laughs> that was a, a letterboxed review that I saw. <laughs> um, the worst part of that movie, well, not the worst, it's a pretty bad movie, but <laughs> Ethan Hawke is in that movie, but also Kevin Bacon is in that movie and that's the same man. So when I realised that they were both in this movie, I was like, I can't, my brain can't be expected to make sense of this. Like, you do have low-level blindness. A little bit, but don't you think those two are the same guy? Kevin Bacon is Stir of Echoes. Is that Kevin Bacon, or is that is that yes. the third man? Is different. I think it's him. Yeah, those two men and like maybe John Malkovich, kind of all the same. Wait, who's John Malkovich the same as? Those two, Ethan Hawke and Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> who's John Malkovich? Um, he's like, he's in like, um. Oh, he was in Being John Malkovich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. I love John Malkovich. I think he's the sexiest of the three. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh. He's a little beefy. Yeah. You liked Ethan Hawking in, um, Ethan Hawking. <laughs> What's his name? Ethan Hawke. In, uh, The Black Telephone. Oh, shit. True. That's true. Yeah, I liked him in that. But I love a baldy. Yeah, yeah, you do. John Malkovich is really, he really rocks that chrome tone. (laughs) 
Um, anyway, the point anyway, was that I watched movie, Leave the World yeah. Behind because I kept hearing about it. And, you know, there's like the bird box thing and yeah, yeah. Uh, the other one about climate change, Don't Look Up it's, or whatever. Oh, right. There's, there's these Netflix movies that just get hyped the fuck up mm-hmm. and I always feel like very cynical about them. Like, okay, sure, this is organic press. It's <laughs> not just you telling us we're going to like this stupid piece of crap. And so I never watched them. But this time I was like, you know what, <laughs> just try. Yeah, yeah. Julie Roberts was on Watch What Watch What Happens oh, live. Julie Roberts is- um, mm-hmm. I, I love, you know, I love reality TV. So once she started talking about The Real Housewives, it really endeared me to her and her project. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, let me just watch this movie because I'm probably just being negative for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, This movie sucks. <laughs> It's so crap. Like, it's just like, why did you make this? You know what I mean? It's just, there's no, it doesn't, it doesn't even feel like it finishes. Like, it's just kind oh. of, it's like someone took just the middle segment of a movie and then really stretched it out <laughs> pointlessly. And it's doing this camera work. Like, it really thinks it's fucking doing something. But it just, I hated it so much. So I'd love for you to watch it because I really want to know what you think. <laughs> well, I would probably hate it also because I'm so cynical about any kind of, like, Netflix release. Yeah. Like, even Roma, I was like, shut up. You know what I, <laughs> I never watched that. Yeah. You know what I hate? I hate. The Netflix like screensaver ad thing that comes up where they'll show their like releases that they're promoting, but they're kind of like the characters are like moving around, like it's a picture, but they can't isolate. (laughs) It's kind of like on your iPhone when you like weirdly hold one of your photos and it pops out just the subject. (laughs) I love that, yeah. Why does that happen? You can drag your face around, but, like, where do you drag it to? If anyone's listening to this and they know what that feature is for, can you tell me? Because I've tried dragging it around the screen and it doesn't do anything, so why can I do it? You know how sometimes I'll, like, send you a photo where I've taken you out of a photo and, like, put you on a background like you're on the moon or something? Yeah. That's how I did that. But how do you do it just from looking at the photo and pressing and holding? Like, where do you move me to? You... (laughs) Press and hold, and then you hit save, and it'll just save you as a separate photo with a transparent oh, background. Wow. And then you can, like, you know, go to the moon or whatever. Okay, I'm going to yeah. play around with yeah. that later. Yeah, that'll um, be fun. Well, we all learned something together just now. That was great. You know what else? I need to just say something real quick because I just watched. I'm sorry, am I? <laughs> I feel like I'm taking up oh, that's all fine. the airspace. Continue. It's funny. Um, I just watched Godzilla minus one. Don't no no spoilers. I have a ticket. No to see spoilers this. because it's out in cinemas now. And you know what? It's not out in enough cinemas. Mm. I thought it was going to be everywhere, and then I looked for sessions, and it's hardly anywhere. I don't yeah. know if it's because it's in Japanese, but it should be everywhere. All I'm going to say is it's one of my favorite movies of the year. Wow. Yeah, I think I'm going to love it because I love the OG Godzilla. So, and people are saying that this is like just as good. So I'm oh, into it's it. incredible. I actually cried. Oh. Yeah. But it's also like so fun. It's just wonderful. And I'd love to hear any listener feedback about it because I'm just feeling really like psyched and excited. Oh, that's beautiful. That doesn't happen very often. For me? Well, for anyone, really. Like oh, maybe yeah, just me. Like, I don't enjoy anything these days. Oh. Um, but <laughs> I'll tell sorry. you what I did enjoy. A, a movie that I'd be curious to hear what you think. I don't. I don't think you've seen this yet. Is it's it's more of a fantasy comedy, but it's definitely SBG adjacent. It's a movie called Poor Things. Um, 
Oh, I have not seen this because I'm kind of icked out by just the very little that I know about the concept. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I can see why. And there are some questionable moments with, like, slurs and, like, you know, kind of the suggestion of maybe some inappropriate actions towards people who are not of the age of consent. Um, mm. But, yeah, uh, you like Yorgos Lanthimos, right? I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, I think I'm, like, open. I think I'm, like, I never know what's going to happen. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's that's an interesting point because, like, it's so interesting that he has kind of – he's been so successful that he's kind of got carte blanche to do whatever the fuck he wants. And he yes. is definitely doing whatever the fuck he wants with this movie. Um, you know how really? he used the fisheye lens all the time in The Favourite? He's yes. still all about that fisheye lens. And I love it. I love that fish eye Interesting. Um, How is um, Emma Stone? I mean, yeah, good, I guess, but I feel like it's the kind of performance we've seen before of, like, the the brassy ingenue who's brassy because she doesn't quite understand the world. She's, like, creating her own understanding of the world, and that's, like, empowering. Um, and, yeah, she's good, but, like, I don't think she's doing anything necessarily that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Okay. Um, but yeah, the movie surprised me. I quite liked it. It's quite long, but I was along for the ride. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I've heard that it's like quite good and has like kind of a like a narrative that somewhat centers around empowerment. Mm-hmm. But I think just from when I first heard of it and saw the trailer, I just felt a little bit like I'm so sick of these movies where the woman character is baby like yeah. he's just like blank slate and is a stupid idiot and then it's like but then she learns to grow and develop and it's like yeah but why do women always have to have these stories where we're just like some stupid little baby well that is then, kind of justified in universe i'll say that okay i'm just i just i'm sick of them i don't want to see any more movies about a woman who's a robot or a woman who's a fucking baby or a woman who's siri like can we just have a movie about an actual woman and she no. does cool stuff too? No. <laughs> what, like who? <laughs> Name one. <laughs> Name a woman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I haven't seen it, so don't listen to anything I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I think but, I think it's worth seeing. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very excited to talk about the theme today because I feel like it's just a silly one. It's such a silly one. It's a silly season. It is. I love Silly Season. And I think it's just like, this is just a fun one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know Some what the theme movie is. recs. Some movie recs. Yeah, like recommendations. Oh, right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the theme then, I guess. Um, oh, and I got to mention, just like, I'm terrified that no one will notice. So, I'm just going to say, it's a, it's the music is a remix. So, I hope you appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> What? 
The other day I got called a Grinch. Do you think I'm a Grinch? Um, I don't think you're a Grinch. You made that Christmas remix. Yeah, that's true. I hope you all liked it. That's true. That's true. Um, I'm not a huge Who fan of Who called you a Grinch? Call him out. It was, Name uh, and shame. My sister-in-law called me a Grinch. Oh, why? What did you do? Oh, I just, I don't really go for Christmas. Just kind of. Yeah, uh, Christmas is a bit whatever. But you know what's interesting? Why are there no Grinch horror movies? Is Grinch like copyright? Yeah, true. Yeah, that would be surely. good. Like if the Grinch really fucked some people up. Maybe you could do like a, a character that's more inspired by the Grinch and call it like the Grunch. And that's, yeah. that's not copyright. Maybe. We, okay. We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about holiday horror. Yeah, we're not just doing um, Christmas. Not just Christmas. We could have just done Christmas because there's about 8,000 so Christmas horror movies, but we've included a few other holidays as well. I just, mm-hmm. as a little disclaimer, we did get an Instagram comment telling us to talk about the series that's on Hulu called, I think it's called Into the Dark, and they have all these different holiday, like it's like an anthology series. And right. There's a Thanksgiving one called Pilgrim. I really want to watch them. Apparently they're really good. And I did try to get access to them for this episode, but it's very hard to watch Hulu content in Australia. So I'm still going to keep trying for future episodes. Yeah. Would, do you think Hulu will ever come to Australia? <laughs> um, like, I don't it's know. It's been long enough that I'm like, I doubt it. Yeah, we just, like, why, we why haven't one? they yet? Mm. Or, or at least can someone else put the content? Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy that it's 2023. We can do so many crazy things. And it's still so hard to watch a damn movie in Australia. Yeah. I feel like it's like all my American friends are always like, I watched this fucking movie and this movie. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, we uh, just don't have access. To, and I like want to pay for stuff. I'm like, yeah, please pay. allow me to pay you to watch this thing. Like the reason that you made it. And it's just impossible. So anyway, we'll keep trying us. our best. Hopefully we can talk about those ones on a later episode. But mm-hmm. we've got a lot to talk about anyway. Yeah, we do. Um, we can talk about, well, where do, where do we begin? We watched a fair bit of stuff and it's all I kind of like eclectic. We did. I, I know. They all blended into my brain <laughs> into like one big movie. I think we should talk briefly about... 1974's Black Christmas because it's such an early holiday horror film and it's also such an early slasher. Like, it was really the beginning of that wave. Yeah, it's so interesting that, like, I would argue is, like, one of the first slashers ever is also a holiday movie. Um, Yeah. And I guess, what does being a Christmas movie add to Black Christmas, do you reckon? Well, I always think about that because it doesn't feel really like a Christmas movie. It doesn't have to be a Christmas movie. No. Um, um, but I, there is this great scene early on in Black Christmas where the the killer um, makes a phone call that's, like, quite um, disgusting. And in the mm. background there's, like, a Christmas carol and it's a really interesting juxtaposition of, like, I guess this time of year that's supposed to be all about, like, togetherness and and feeling good, and then there's that happening, but then there's also other things in the movie where I think one of the characters needs to get an abortion and things like that. So it's kind of like upending our whole idea of Christmas. Yeah, I do think it kind of, to have that cosy, like, warm atmosphere as a backdrop for this slasher, mm. that makes sense. That's that's kind of an effective tool, and 
also I feel like around that time of year, especially like in North America, it's cold, you kind of stay inside. It kind of makes you more vulnerable to that home invasion style of mm. violence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's also effective from that angle. I did see that it was the idea was based on this real spate of murders that happened around Christmas time. So maybe uh, right. it was just kind of because of that. But I also saw that the murders occurred in 1943 and they were perpetrated by a 14-year-old boy and he bludgeoned a bunch of his family to death, which sounds way scarier than the actual movie. Yeah. Um, they should have made that instead or, like, maybe that's a bit tasteless. Maybe. <laughs> but that's a really – that's – I think that's a good point. Um that it does kind of upend those ideas that we have about holidays. It upends our ideas of, like, college students. Like, I feel like people, the people in this movie are portrayed in really interesting ways. I don't know. I think it's a great movie, but it doesn't feel to me like, okay, it's Christmas time, like, time to watch Black Christmas and get in the vibe. And I do watch a lot of holiday Christmas (laughs) movies around Christmas to get into the Christmas vibes. Yeah. But it just doesn't have that much of, like, it doesn't lean in to the yeah. Christmas thing. Well, one thing I will say about Black Christmas is Christmas can be, like, a complicated time of year because it's kind of, like, it's such a break in your routine. And in Black Christmas, these people are kind of, like, on the cusp of adulthood. So Christmas is, can be, like particularly complex it's like you gotta leave where you live to see family and and so and so's gone away and holidays and stuff like that and like it is kind of like the killer enters this kind of disruptive time of year and it's kind of that's his in to Mm. to attack these women Mm. pretty smart for such a weird sicko (laughs) (laughs) i get scared by those like they're inside the house kind of like you know prank phone call, that stuff really scares the shit out of me because I I think there's like some possums or rats or something that live in my roof and, I mean, ostensibly that's what they are, but in my head I'm pretty sure it's a man. <laughs> so I always think about that stuff. Like what if I get a call and I'm like, oh, no, a scary call, but like that's just the tip of the iceberg because the dude is in my roof and he's going to murder me and all my sorority sisters. <laughs> <laughs> the sorority sisters are your cats. Yeah. P.S. Don't. I I really hate the, not the 2019 Black Christmas, but the one after that. Oh, there was one in the middle. Oh, after that. Yeah, there was a pretty, there was an okay one. And then there was the bad one that's like. The woke one. The really woke one that just turned out, that just felt like a parody of itself. Like, it was so stupid. Um, Yeah, I would not recommend watching that one. You know what I liked? I saw one of your Letterboxd reviews recently that said that, the as the aka titles go up so does the quality of the film and i feel like that's so true <laughs> and all of these movies have like 10 titles yeah like Black christmas is also silent night evil night which is a cute name i like yeah there's not quite silent night deadly night which i have not seen but i think you have i don't remember what that is oh but it does sound familiar. i think that's the one where the guy's like garbage day does that <laughs> ring a bell? oh yeah i feel like that was part two yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, that movie was nuts. Yeah. Mm, not really much it, to say about that one. Yeah, fair. Um, that one certainly did not influence Halloween like Black Christmas did. No, that's true. Um, but but what film with multiple AKA titles were you hinting at? Because uh, there's one oh, I liked well, a lot and there's one I didn't yeah. like much. 
Okay. I, okay, so this movie called Dial Code Santa Claus, which is also called like 31.65 Code Santa Claus. It's also called Deadly Games. It's also called Game Over (laughs) from 1989 by Renee Manzor, Mm -hmm. who subsequently sued the people who made Home Alone for ripping off his movie. Okay, this movie is like, surface level similar to Home Alone. It is not the same movie at all. I don't know. He's doing fucking little... It's a kid at Home Alone at Christmas. He's doing not Home Alone. Traps. His grandpa's there. Well, I mean, the grandpa's a liability. And they didn't forget him. They didn't forget him. They <laughs> the just, that was alive. That woman was... i got to say, that mum was very neglectful. <laughs> yeah, she was. Um, <laughs> she was hopeless. All the adults in this movie are hopeless. Yeah. And it's just this little enterprising Rambo kid who can take down a killer with all his little booby traps around the house. In a world where Home Alone didn't exist yet, and then a year later, Home Alone gets made, that is pretty weird to me. Yeah. Like, there's, I feel like there's a lot of similarities, except the biggest difference is that Dial Code Santa Claus is fucking amazing. It's a five-star film. I saw I, I went on Letterboxd and I gave it five stars, and then I saw that you gave it two and a half, and I was like, I cannot wait to talk about this because I I don't think I've ever disagreed with you more. I finished this movie thinking this is a classic of cinema. Wow. I'm going to watch this every Christmas till the day I die, and everyone I know I'm going to tell them about this movie. So I'm just so confused about, like, why you gave it two and a half stars. I was just, okay, so first of all, the kid in this movie with his fucking mullet, I found him so irritating i was like can you just really? shut up for five seconds take a breath um <laughs> maybe i was in a bad mood the day i watched this movie i think i was but i don't know i was just so bored and like i so this movie is very different to home alone in that in home alone the threat is not that much of a threat really um it's kind of light all it's a the lot way goofier through. yeah yeah whereas in this one the the guy dressed as Santa trying to break into his house, he's, like, a pedophile yeah. who, like, just targets children on the internet, and he's, like, he's bad news. But He's really bad news. Yeah. But at the same time, this kid had so much plot armour, and I get, like, I felt like his grandpa had so much plot armour as well that I never felt like the stakes were very high. <laughs> Sometimes he had, like, armour. Armor. Like a long time. Yeah. I could not stand up in a suit of armor for that long. No. I don't know how this geriatric is. like 300 it. years old. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just found it like, what did you get out of it? I think that's true. But I think the tone of the movie is fun. Like, true. I think the the point of the movie is like, let's have a great time with this kid. It's like when you're watching Rambo, like, you don't want, like, you want Rambo to succeed. And I wanted this little kid to succeed and I wanted to see him outsmart the bad guy. But there was that real element of danger and, like, brutality that I didn't expect to see in a movie that was about this cute little kid with all his little, like, gadgets. Yeah. Um, but- you know, like, the the Santa immediately kills his dog and then yeah, kills, like, several people in pretty brutal ways. And, yeah, he's a fucking pedophile and... The way that the movie starts with him talking, like, there's this, like, little chat thing where you can talk to Santa. Yeah. And the guy's, like, impersonating Santa and he's being like, where do you live? Like, don't you want me to come and play with you? It's, like, really sinister, horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it's very sinister. And the kids are kind of also, I feel like, portrayed, they're given more, um, I don't know, they're just, like, they're not 
dumbed down. Like him and his his friend is like, um, you're probably talking to some creep on like one of those <laughs> creepy ch- chat websites for perverts. And While he's he so smart. Wine. <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah. Um and it also just kind of I feel like it kind of goes to that deep curiosity that kids have mm-hmm. and they're given like some kids are encouraged to be creative and to like educate themselves but then we tell them this weird lie about this man who can come into their house and i feel like this kid is so curious he wants to catch santa he wants to prove santa's real it reminded me a lot of me when i was a kid i was really obsessed with like figuring out santa um like i was like okay no one's ever seen santa but we know that he's real so I think we're just we we see him as a human like a humanoid figure because we're interpreting him from like our perspectives. But he's probably he could be anything. He could be some weird creature. He could be more of an energy. Like I was really like oh, I'm gonna get this Santa thing. Little did I know it was a lot simpler than that. That they were just all lying to me. Yeah. But <laughs> that's what I liked about this kid too. He's like kind of exploring that that the weird dark like underside of this Santa lie that we tell kids about this man who just gets to like touch them and put them on his lap and go into their house and watch them when they're sleeping. Like it's fucking creepy. And throughout the whole movie, he kind of thinks this is Santa. Yeah. That's, that was an interesting little, like an added bit of spice to it that he kind of never twigged that Santa wouldn't hurt him because it kind of, no, was he like super paranoid or what? (laughs) I think, well, it sounded, it seemed like his home life left a lot to be desired, even though he was obviously a real rich kid. Yeah, but his mom's just say. out there on Christmas Eve, just hours away, <laughs> leaving him with this old guy that he has to look after and inject with insulin. And, like, <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like it was so interesting the way that he does this whole thing and then he really feel like, it feels kind of like a war movie for real. Even at the end, he has yeah. to kill I like Santa Claus, yeah. which it took, even after all that had happened to him, it takes a lot for him to do that. Mm-hmm. And then because he's gone through this traumatic event of having caused the death of Santa Claus, <laughs> he just looks shell-shocked at the end. It's like he'll never be the same. Yeah, yeah, true. Like, that was quite a devastating ending. <laughs> um, but I think the movie didn't earn that because it was just like... He's like it was. It was goofy though. Like the way yeah. it set up his whole house with like and that bizarre room with all the abandoned toys. Like, oh, that place! Can was you amazing. not be a hoarder? I mean, this this movie is fantastical. Like he's going into. He has little like secret hideaways and a fridge door that opens into a secret room. Like there's a room in this house that's a maze. And oh, in yeah. the middle of the maze, yeah, there's the stairs to the cellar. Like, what the fuck? But I liked that about it. It was so heightened. It was so camp. But that didn't mean that it had to always be silly. It could still be, like, super brutal at the same time and gory and full of action. And you don't really know if the kids are going to be okay. Like, I thought his friend was done for. Yeah. Um. Also, the soundtrack for this movie oh my God, it's so was funny. incredible. It's so funny. It's so good. There's so many Christmas songs that are amazing. There's a song about why does he have to cry to become a man. There's a song that by has Bonnie a Tyler, line. I think. <laughs> there was a song that at one point they're like, "Happy birthday, Christmas." As what if the it's fuck not happy does birthday, that mean? Jesus. <laughs> I liked the. Um, it starts off with this ripoff of um, "Eye of the Tiger," and it's yeah. like Christmas, Christmas. 
Do you remember that? It's so funny. So many good songs. I feel like the only Christmas song that can compete with Happy Birthday Christmas is um, <laughs> is Must Be Santa by Bob Dylan. Do you remember Bob Dylan's Christmas album? That's I, I probably the most haunting yeah. Christmas album ever made. It's yeah. so scary. And the video clip as well. Oh, it really gives me chills. So that's some essential listening for for the spookies. Bob Dylan's Christmas album, and also uh, Happy Birthday Christmas. Happy Birthday Christmas. <laughs> that's going to be my new holiday greeting from now on. It's just, the thing about dial code Santa Claus or Trois-Saisons Saint Code Père Noël, whatever the fuck you want to call it, is is like. It was camp, but I was like, does this movie know that it's camp? Do you do you think? I, do, I feel like it doesn't. <laughs> I think this man was just, like, making a kick-ass movie about a cool little kid. And I think if I think that's kind of what makes it camp. Like, Right. Yeah, okay. It doesn't sure. feel like it's trying to be self-aware. It feels like he's really just, like, taking this movie seriously and he's taking this little kid protagonist seriously. So it doesn't feel silly. It feels funny because you're like, this is absurd what I'm watching. Mm-hmm. This little kid put his little battle armor on and build a Ooh, fucking hand grenade. Like, it's insane. But the movie respects him, which makes it insane in a fun way for me. Not just like this, like, oh, okay, you're trying to be, like, cute and funny. It's not. It's just like a wild movie that I can't believe it was made in 1989. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. (laughs) I'm really happy that you got something out of this. And there's, like, things you've said about this movie that I never even considered because I was being such a cynic. I was being such a Grinch about this movie, right? Grinch. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for being a Grinch. I don't know. I think this movie would be fun if you watched it with a big big group of friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're a little blazed or something. Like, that's the right environment to watch this movie. Yeah. Because I'm not saying it's a great movie in that it's like, you know, a perfect, perfectly made film, even though I do think it's really well made. I think it's just, just crazy. It's a crazy movie. It is crazy. Um, I love a crazy movie, to be honest. Yes. It's like watching someone's insane artistic vision that doesn't seem to have been watered down by anybody and perhaps should have been. <laughs> So it's like a, a a beautiful mistake. It's a beautiful mistake, yeah. <laughs> a Christmas miracle. We're so lucky to have it. And honestly, I don't think, I never want to watch Home Alone again in protest. Home Alone low-key sucks. Yeah, it does suck a, a bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> um, Can I mention a movie that, I don't know if you've watched it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like mention it beforehand. I just happened to watch it yesterday. Um, and I just, I'm really excited about it. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Joe, I don't know how to say his name, Joe Begos, who made um, Bliss yeah. that I loved? He made a Christmas movie last year, Christmas Bloody Christmas. Oh, I didn't know that. It's on Shudder. Okay. And it's one of the most intense and amazing movies I've ever watched. Oh, you're having a good week. I'm having a fantastic week. I'm in a good mood. And you know what? I think there's actually, if you look at all the subgenres of horror and all the themes we've done, somehow, to my surprise, I think there's 
a much higher rate of great Christmas horror movies than most other subgenres of horror. Wow, I disagree. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's good for you. That's it's you Maybe found I your back. Like yeah, Christmas, bloody Christmas. I have to like. Oh, it's like watching a Tarantino movie. That then it's about like. So the beginning, you're just watching this like hangout movie. Okay, what that like feels a, this really is the well end done. kind of movie. Uh, it's more like, it's very compelling. It's, it's mostly about these two characters and their relationship to each other. And it's building up this tension in this extremely organic way. It feels natural. The conversation feels real. The characters are like members of this little niche subculture that we get to see, which is also cool. The whole film is like lit up by Christmas lights and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like blue and pink and it's gorgeous and you kind of forget that you're watching a horror movie you're like oh i'm having a really great time with these people Uh i really want to see what happens and then at the climax the literal climax of this um relationship between these two people would this movie compromise my christianity yeah Mm -hmm. it's r-rated um which is probably why i haven't heard of it before (laughs) it it gives you this like assault on your senses and your sensibilities mm-hmm. and your, your sense eyeballs. And sensibility, if you will. Yes. <laughs> and your eardrums. It really feels like, you know how movies will often take your nerves and they just kind of tickle them and play with them a little bit and rub them? <laughs> this is like he just grabs it and like plucks it off. Like he, there's no restraint. Mm-hmm. It is insane. And it feels almost like psychological torture. Like it feels like he lulls you into this place and then he fucks your brain for just like 30 minutes at a time with like lights and visuals and sound and these like disparate images. I don't even know how to describe it. I really just felt like something traumatic had happened to me and I really enjoyed it. Right. So I (laughs) highly recommend Christmas Bloody Christmas. you got to be ready to have your eyeballs blown out of your head. <laughs> but if you are ready for that, you should watch it because I think it's incredible. All right. It sounds like exactly the way I feel every time I go to my family home for Christmas or anyone's home for Christmas and there's, like, children running around and, like, new toys that make noises and things like that. So You get your eyeballs blown out? Yeah, yeah, every year. Oh, it's I – really I really think you should watch it. I hope that you like it. I also feel like it's got – it's like it feels like such a feminist film, oh. and there's a sex scene in this movie that I was like, "Oh, this is the female gaze." This was made by a man, oh. but this movie is like such a good example of how to make a sex scene that doesn't feel that just feels like really feminist. Yeah, I think Joe Bagos and his little posse that he has, like Graham Skipper and people like that, they're making really interesting horror movies, and then they don't all work, but. They're doing something interesting, and I don't think they're getting the flowers they deserve. I agree. They're really trying stuff because this movie, for him to decide he's going to make a movie about a military-grade robot that is repurposed as a Santa Claus in a toy store and then malfunctions and murders everybody. This is the first time hearing of this. That's an insane plot. You really (laughs) buried the lead there. Well, that's what the movie 
does. It's like you don't even think about that for a while because you're oh. so invested in the the dialogue and what else is going on. And then that happens and it's like I don't even – it just shouldn't work on any level, but it works on every level, including a few levels that you never accessed before. Wow. <laughs> it sounds great. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to give a shout-out to him. Oh, yeah. Love I- him at the pod. Adding adding that to my watch list. Um, okay, well, we have a few more Christmas movies. Maybe we could talk about a recent Christmas movie that neither of us liked very much um, oh. called It's a Wonderful Knife. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that movie. I thought it was going to be good. Yeah, I thought it was. Well, because it's a great title, right? I feel like this movie yeah. started with the title and they worked backwards from there. But <laughs> uh, do, uh, do you like It's a Wonderful Life? It doesn't seem like I've your kind of thing. I've never seen it. Oh, you've never seen it. It's so sentimental, but like, it's. I think it's very beautiful. It makes me cry. Um, you know, it's not for everyone. Is the plot similar at all to It's a Wonderful Night? No, like, well, oh. I guess so. I guess so. Because like in It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey. Okay, so I, I do want to mention It's a Wonderful Life gave us one of my favorite Simpsons bits. Um, and it's really fun to do an impression of James Stewart. He's like, your money's not here. It's a... Bill's house and Fred's house. And then Mo Sislak says, what are you doing with my money in your house, Fred? Do you remember that in The Simpsons? No. Those were really good voices. <laughs> thank you. Thank I you. don't remember that. Huh? I don't remember that. Oh, so the movie's about like, no, I don't know what it's about. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I got distracted by The Simpsons. Um. So George Bailey is this local guy. He's like, everyone loves him. But then some shit goes wrong and he's like, I wish I'd never been born. And then Clarence the angel comes down from heaven and is like, George, I'm going to show you what this little piece of shit town would be like if you'd never been born. And then he shows him like, it's even shitter. Um, And then George is like, George wants to kill himself. That's right. And then then George is like, Clarence, I want to live. And then, you know, he goes home for Christmas and everyone's happy and, um, yeah, it's, like, it's very beautiful. You're doing some great voice work this episode. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, but unfortunately, there is no one in this movie who is worthy of their voice being imitated. No, I, I wish I'd had a, a trigger because... warning for Joel McHale. I don't want to see him. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah, or a trigger warning for those fucking teeth that um, Justin Long is wearing. Yeah, Justin Long is the best part of this movie, but even he's phoning it in. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have much to work with. Yeah. I love Catherine Isabel, and I was like, you made her drive out from wherever the fuck she lives to do this? How fucking <laughs> rude and disrespectful. <laughs> That's She's the one from Ginger Snaps, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. She's horror royalty. Mm-hmm. She's American Mary. She doesn't need to do this, oh, like, oh, here's a sweater. I'm like, what the fuck? That's all she does? She's just like, believe in yourself. Like, oh, this movie was so boring. I was quickly shocked because I really thought it mm. was going to be. It looked like it looked expensive. Yeah, yeah, it did. And, yeah, quick emphasis on the quickly because this movie, like, the first act, I was like, I'm not into what's happening. Mm-hmm. This is, like, such a lazy idea of just oh, being so like, boring. ooh, what if she never caught the killer? Like, go away. Yeah. It's stupid. The whole, like, the lights in the sky thing, it was just like, did anyone even think about this twice? Or you just wrote down the first thing that came to your brain? I think that's what happened. that was it. <laughs> hey, did you like Rare Exports? I didn't mind Rare Exports, but 
Rare Exports is a strange movie. It did not go the direction I was expecting it to. So Rare Exports is Finnish, I think, um, set in Finland with um, a community, which I found really interesting is I believe these people are Indigenous uh, reindeer herders. So that's like already I'm I'm interested. Um, and then uh, there's, it's got this like anti-neocolonialist narrative where some American researchers are digging and they un- uncover Santa Claus. But this is like um, the Christmas equivalent of, do you remember that movie Clown with the, the coin? Oh my God, I love Clown. Yeah. So it's the kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, it was actually this horrible demon and they've unearthed it. And so Santa's not a very nice man. And in fact, he's not even a man um, in this movie. Um, no. But there are some men who are, I guess, <laughs> supposed to be <laughs> supposed to be elves. But then in the end, they're all Santas. And the, the reason this movie is called Rare Exports is because the, they ship all the, the little men, the Santas, off to be Santas. Um, and I don't know, this is going to be a landmark case when it inevitably goes to trial in front of the Human Rights Commission, because I don't think it's a very nice thing to do. <laughs> yes, the Santas, I guess, I mean, they seem nice enough, but it's giving me more, like, Krampus vibes yeah. than, than cute Santa vibes. Mm-hmm. It feels very like you're getting a little slice of, like, this kind of European Christmas mm. where maybe it's not as, like, sweet and cute as American Christmas. It's yeah. a little bit more scary and kids are just kind of like, don't be bad or you're going to get kidnapped, like... <laughs> It's more that vibe, yeah. From what I can tell, um, and I, you know, I feel like a Christmas movie. You got to have a kid in the lead. I love, I really love a precocious little kid in the lead. You do of any movie, yeah. So I loved the kid in this. I remember when this movie came out, my sister and I were like obsessed with it. It's just such a weird movie. It's such it's a very fun movie strange. to watch at Christmas, and yeah, it does go a lot of weird directions. But I would recommend watching it if you want. It's like really well made. It's really it's very pretty. short. Yeah, it is very pretty. Yeah. And there's some really nice reindeer. If you're into reindeer, it's for you. <laughs> I am into reindeer. Yeah, I think I'm you know into reindeer. You know what's really not for me? <laughs> what? April fucking Fool's Day from <laughs> 1980. <laughs> oh, so we're moving on from Christmas and now we're talking April Fool's Day. You know what? I, I generally hate April Fool's Day as a concept. Um, yeah. because I no, don't like a prank. No one respects the rule that you have to do it before midday for a start. Um, yeah, otherwise jokes on you. Yeah. Um, and also, like, people come up with the shittest jokes. Like, people making jokes about, oh, I lost the baby. Like, fuck you. That's Oh, my God. <laughs> people people <laughs> do that shit. That's not a joke. <laughs> Jesus. I've seen it happen. Wow. People have no idea what I – like, I think it's the fault of, like, prank YouTubers. And you know what? This yeah. movie, if you did a remake of this now, it would be prank YouTubers all the way down. Yes. Yes, there is a movie like that. Um, oh, it's like it's kind of like an escape room movie, but it's not. Oh, but it's about oh, prank YouTubers. Yeah, I think it I wasn't know what bad. You mean. I can't I think it was called Escape Room. No, it's not the Escape Room one. Ah, oh. oh, it's okay. a different one, but it was around the same time, and it's like that kind of vibe. Anyway, if anyone knows what the fuck I'm talking about, maybe just like I remember but- one with like a an influencer whose friends like set her up. It was they, they were in a house. Anyway. <laughs> This was like a man, and they like go overseas. Oh, like a and hostel. He, like style. his girlfriend, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But April Fool's anyway, Day. Yeah, April Fool's Day. It's like if you watched a, a normal slasher movie, 
like Friday the 13th or Halloween or whatever. And then at the end they're like, it was just a big joke. <laughs> JK. Like, yeah. Um. And then there's a little bit extra that you're like, oh, maybe there is something real. And then it's like, psych, it's a joke again. Yeah. I, what? I didn't hate this movie as much as you did. For some reason I found it kind of charming. I don't know why. Um, I thought the the kills were kind of inventive, but then – to do that and then be like, actually, there weren't kills. And also, it makes no sense at all. Like, if you were in this situation where... So, the situation is, this girl... Is it Muffy is the the girl? It's a good name. Um, yeah. She's, yeah, she's like, the rich kid with the house. Yeah. She pretends to kill you and then somehow she convinces you after, by the way, one of them, she's like shamed for having an abortion, gets on board with it and is like, all right, I'll help you do this fucking prank. Like, no, no one would be on board with that. This Muffy woman is so crazy <laughs> that throughout the movie, she, like, she starts acting really weird mm. and her hair gets more frizzy, <laughs> which is a bad sign in this movie. <laughs> yeah, she's got mad flowers. And then at the end, towards, <laughs> towards the end, you're like, oh, she's the killer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you're like, oh, wow, she's like a terrifying, brutal murderer. But then- it's just all a big joke, and she just played a joke on everyone, and she's partying. I gotta say, that version of her is a lot more terrifying than if she really yeah. was a killer. Yeah, she's a psycho either That's way. Way more psychotic. <laughs> but also, like, there why was. Why did she do that? It was the suggestion that it was her sister Buffy. <laughs> Remember, so twin sister Buffy, <laughs> and she got all the people. Like, even the adults around, like, the guy who drives the boat and shit to, like, be part of it. As if they would ever do that. And also... This movie is, like, a scary tale of, like, just rich kids who feel entitled to everything. And even the just normal, self-respecting adults around them have to, like, indulge their every stupid fucking desire because their parents pay their wages or whatever. It makes me sick. (laughs) Mm, Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, speaking of the guy who works on the boat, he falls into the water, right? And then the Mm. suggestion is that he gets, like, a propeller to the face. He goes goes under the water and he puts some prosthetics on, which would take hours, (laughs) by the way. You'd have to sit in the makeup chair. And he's just that underwater. Are you kidding? Well, you were kidding. That's the whole movie. Are you fucking kidding me? It's so <laughs> stupid. I kind of liked it at the start. Yeah, because something too. about their dynamic, I was like, this is a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind this. But just so quickly, they're so fucking annoying, all of them, all these rich kids. I just wanted them to die for real. And <laughs> for once, they weren't actually dying, and it's so unsatisfying at the end that yeah. they all just get to live and have a party, and then that's it. Yeah. No, they should be murdered. And the final girl gets, like, such a raw deal because she's the only one who doesn't get to be, like, in on it. She'd be so traumatized. Um, yeah, that weirdo. <laughs> There's so many weirdos in this weird. movie. You, you know, know what? <laughs> this movie was released in 1980, and I saw that actually something scarier happened on April Fool's Day 1980, which what? was that a TV channel. <laughs> the Max Headroom Incident. Channel. It was it wasn't a Max Headroom incident. It was a fucking April Fool's Day prank in Massachusetts. This TV channel aired a fake news bulletin that said that the Great Blue Hill was erupting. 
and it resulted in this mass panic and evacuation and all these calls. And then they got in trouble because mm. you're not allowed to do that. Um, yeah. That's more interesting. That's yeah. what the most be a better movie. thing that happened in April Fool's Day 1980. It was definitely not this stupid fucking movie. It's better than all the pranks in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end when they're like, oh, it was just a big prank. And then they just have this big party together where they pour. Everyone gets a bottle of There's champagne. There's no way I would party with them after that. No, you'd be fucking traumatized. And, so and they angry. all have the, these heads, these like fake prosthetic head things of each other, which, like, how the fuck? In 1980, like, even now, you went to, like, Weta Studios three months earlier. Industrial light magic. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense. And then they're all partying and throwing champagne over Muffy and simulating fellatio with the heads. Mm. I could not have hoped more for some horrible tragedy to befall all these young people. And it was so unsatisfying to give me the setup for that to happen and then be like, nah, they're fine. <laughs> like, are you, like, oh, I'm still so angry about it. I've, I love your energy um, about this. <laughs> I just really hate rich kids. And then just show me, make me sit with them and just see their little hijinks. <laughs> I and hate I hijinks. <laughs> really hate hijinks. I hate pranks. I me never too. want a prank played on me ever. Have I ever played a, pl- played a prank on you? I don't think so. I think you know I'm too psychologically fragile for that kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And these were really extreme pranks. Like, that's not funny. <laughs> no. There's got to be a limit to these things. It's not funny to just, like, make somebody think that something really traumatic has happened to all their friends. <laughs> Anyway, I really hated this movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't at the time. I think I, I have a love-hate relationship with this movie because, I like, it's just so shit. But talking <laughs> about it right now, I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> it's pretty weird, especially once you see the end because it's like, so nothing happened. So this nothing wasn't happened. a scary thing. No. What the fuck did I watch it so for? It's like an like, anti-horror movie. I just watched some friends hanging out. <laughs> I want that time back. <laughs> but it is cute that it's an April Fool's Day movie because, like, yeah. I don't know any more of those. No, me neither. And, and this sh- you'd think there'd be more. Like, that's a holiday that's ripe for horror. Yeah, maybe this is the best of the bunch. I did see a short once in a festival that was, like, a husband and wife pranking each other over and over, pretending, like, one would do something to the other and they'd pretend to die. And then... Right wait until that person was really freaked out and then be like, psych, I'm alive. And then the other person would pretend to die and then they'd take it even further and they kept taking it further and further. And I could never find what that movie was. It was fantastic. It wasn't set on April Fool's Day, I don't think, but it was a prank horror short and whatever the fuck that was out there, great job. (laughs) Maybe the spookies can find that for us. Maybe one of the spookies made it. Well, if you did, you did a wonderful job. Oh, congrats. Um (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, we let's move on to a movie that I think we both enjoyed, um, which is a Thanksgiving movie, well, kind of, called, well, it's called Blood Rage, but it's also called, like, fucking Night in the Woods or something. Um, it's called Slasher. Yeah, it's called, the version I saw that said Slasher. Um, yeah, so 
like I said, the more AKA titles, the higher the quality. And this movie, <laughs> this movie is genuinely, I laughed out loud so much during this movie. It is so funny. And shout outs, huge shout outs to, do you know who Louise Lasser is? Not outside of this movie, no. Let me tell you about Louise Lasser. So okay. she is, um, she used to be married to Woody Allen and she was in a bunch of his oh. early movies. So yeah, poor bitch. And <laughs> she was in a, a show that ran for two seasons in like 1977 to 1978 called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, which was a parody soap opera. And it had the most bizarre plot lines, like her granddad was a flasher and stuff like that. It's like the greatest show. And she's great. And she's so funny in this movie. Wow. That makes sense because she's playing this character like a soap opera character, but yeah. like just really turned up. Yeah. And she's one of the greatest characters I've ever seen on film. Me too. So she plays the mother of these twin boys who, in this great opening scene, they're at the drive-in, and one of them has some weird issues with sex uh, when she's macking on her boyfriend in the front seat. <laughs> and so it, so instead of, like, confronting those feelings, he goes and kills someone about it. Um and <laughs> that's such a man thing to do. It is such a man thing to do. Just boy things. And that's kind of the whole point of this movie is, like, men can't kind of deal with their own emotions and they lash out at everyone. Um, so, yeah, but one of the, the wrong twin gets put away. So that's kind of the whole crux of the movie. Um, it's like a Bart and Hugo situation. Yeah. And you know what my favourite part of this movie is, is um, when they find out that the supposed murderous twin is on the loose and he's nearby, you know what the mum does? She vacuums the whole house and drinks wine, uh, glass after glass of red wine. It's it's such a fucking mood. This woman is never not in hysterics, like the whole movie. And somehow she keeps thinking of things to do. It reminds me of like if you go watch a play and let's say you watched like an early Meryl Streep performance when she's like at Yale drama school. <laughs> so the other actors aren't that good and someone something happens to someone backstage and they can't go on and she's on stage waiting for them. Mm-hmm. And instead of being like, oh, fuck. The person's not here. They've missed their cue. I'm alone on stage. She's just fucking finding stuff to do. She's yeah. eating leftovers out of the fridge. She's getting drunk. She's crying at the telephone the operator. Telephone operator. She's <laughs> yeah, it's so good. She's doing like scene work. She's not missing a fucking beat. That's what this woman is doing the whole movie. It feels like she didn't even get a script. Yeah. They totally. were just like, uh, we've got to figure something out. You want to just like do something for a while? And she is the most interesting part of the film. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie wouldn't be even half as good without her. But, I like, this movie's, like, it is, the, the, the fact that it's called slasher sometimes is, like, typical because it is, like, this is just a slasher. And it's got, it some, is, but, it's got some cute little kills. But it does have and- these interesting dynamics and it does seem to say interesting things about gender. Mm. I liked, I, the women in this movie are just great. There's another woman who's barely in it who's just, like, a victim, and she's, like, on a date with some boring dude and she's really beautiful. (laughs) And she goes in to, like, do makeup, like, freshen up, and her baby starts crying and she's, like, she's telling the baby, like, I'm getting you a rich daddy. I... Loved that woman. Yeah. You know she what? was so great. My favourite thing she did is um, one of the kind of main-ish characters was babysitting for her. And when she comes home from her date, the babysitter is like, all right, well, can I have the $10? And this woman with the baby is like, 
Ten dollars? Well, all right. Like, you, what? It's ten dollars. You agreed to pay her. She's a hustler. Yeah, yeah. True. She doesn't have the rich daddy yet. Yeah, true. Um, even the woman, even the girlfriend of uh, I can't remember the which which twin is the good one and the bad one, but the girlfriend of the one who's not locked up thinks that she's talking to her boyfriend, but it turns out to be the twin, mm. and he's like. I've never kissed a because she's kind of coming on to him and then he's like, I've never kissed a girl before. And she realizes that it's him and she's like, Oh, okay, well, you should try it one day. And <laughs> just like closes the door. <laughs> the women are just great. Yeah. They don't miss a beat. They just they don't give a shit about these weird dudes that they're surrounded by. Yeah. But I also like the brothers. I like the outfits. Great outfits. Oh, great outfits. I like yeah. the cranberry sauce line. Mm. Like, that was something that could have been in Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Like, it's just, it's a fun, fun time. Yeah. Everyone should see Blood Rage. It's for free on YouTube. Like, I mean, probably not, like, legitly, but, you know, you're much. (laughs) Also, Thanksgiving is a holiday that you associate with family. Like, that's what you think about the most is, like, coming home to your family, having this stupid meal together, whatever. (laughs) The the man of the house gets to carve the turkey, whatever weird little traditions there are. And this movie kind of fucks with that dynamic. Like, it's, like, introducing this weird, like, Oedipus situation into that holiday and that, like, that dinner table. Yeah, totally. And that's fun. Like, it's so... It just feels like the right atmosphere for it. I think this movie, uh, maybe this is giving it too much credit, but I think this movie, like, playing the Oedipal thing for laughs and, like, doing it in such an outsized manner is kind of, like, debunking Freud, like, ten years before Freud was debunked. It's like 100%. That's what it feels like. It doesn't feel like it's taking it seriously. It feels like it's just, like, we're just having fun and we're laughing at its expense. Yes. Yeah. Because it's so over the top. Like, even the way that the people die, the way that the weird boyfriend of the mom dies. Yeah. Like, just the whole thing is so wonderful. But that scene of the mom on her on the phone talking to the phone operator. It goes for so long. It goes for so long and you never you never want to see what's going on with the murders. You're like, yeah, leave me here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love Louise Lasser. She's the best. Ugh. You know what was interesting? Um... The Valentine's Day horror movie. I actually really like oh. that movie, Valentine, from, I don't know, 2000, whatever. What's that about? Uh, just some, there's like a mask and a killer and whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it didn't my, even occur <laughs> to me that that was such a shit description. I was like, oh, yeah. That's honestly all you need to know. I think it's fun. It's not a great movie, but it's a good time. (laughs) But this one, My Bloody Valentine, it's not even really about Valentine's Day. And to be honest, (laughs) like this movie seems like it's a pretty dumb movie. It's so shit. But I don't feel like I'm smart enough to understand anything that happened. (laughs) I could not keep up. There's so many different tragedies that span over the course of 20 years and there's different people and some people are dead and some people are not dead and... Honestly, I don't know what the fuck happened. I'm so confused. We open with a strip tease in a mine. Yeah, love that. With like a a woman dressed in mining outfit who she starts like sexily taking off <laughs> these clothes. Uh-huh. And then and then the guy like the miner guy is like holding one of those axes and he shoves it into the wall. She's still doing her sexy thing and then he like sticks her onto it and we're supposed to be shocked. What the fuck else was supposed to happen? 
Like, we just think it's a normal situation to do a strip tease in our mind. Like, obviously, that's the direction it's going. But this whole town be weirder is all about the mind. It would be weirder if they just, like, kissed. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> this whole town is, like, all about the mind. So, it kind of makes sense to me that, like, they would... They are all they really sexually attracted mind. to that mine. Yeah. All the men, like, they. It, it almost feels like it's, like, their woman is... They're married to the mine. Yes. Yes. Maybe this movie's deeper than I thought it was. Maybe, Maybe it's trying to say something. About, about, like, industrial towns. Yes. Because there's a lot of those towns that there's not many women in them. <laughs> I don't know. I, I Honestly, I wanted you to explain this movie to me. It probably doesn't help that it's, like, it's been heavily censored. Yeah. So I don't, I, I feel like I missed parts of it. You, okay, but so. <laughs> who the fuck was that at the beginning? Oh. Who you killed know, that striptease lady? I didn't even think about it. Right? It just seems to be apart from the whole plot. Wait, so is it not like the guy who was the killer in the end? Wasn't the guy who was the killer in the end? He was the... S- spoilers. <laughs> he was the son. <laughs> he was the of, son of one of the people who got killed years ago. In he the- got killed because he was somehow responsible for the big mining accident. Mm-hmm. That was centered around a dance because they went to the dance. Right, they so went to the, the dance. So the people died in the mine. It's so fucking confusing. So he's the son. So did he? Was the killing at the start modern day? Because no I, one seemed to notice. Yeah, I think that was well. No, because isn't wasn't that early? Didn't they like send her heart to someone? Or I don't. But who was she? She was involved. Uh, she was just like you know, disposable lady. Yeah, I thought and he was killing dozen. people. Who was he killing? I don't. I I swear to God, I'm not smart enough to understand all the twists and turns of this movie. Well, it's maybe so this convoluted. movie's not smart enough to make sense of its own twists and turns. <laughs> I tell you what, I did like about the movie. Yeah. Early on, there's a police sheriff who gets given a box of like a heart box of Valentine's candy. Yeah. And he's like, who who did this? And everyone's like, no, I swear it wasn't me. I don't know. It was just there. I guess you have a secret admirer. And he's like. You see him, this little smile starts to creep up. It's a, the performance of a lifetime. And he's like, oh, okay, you know what? It'll be nice to have a break from this diet that my wife's got me on. Cool, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can see he's a little bit he's a little bit excited. He's a little bit happy that someone gave him some, some Valentine's candy. And then he's in the car with his partner and he's even more excited now because now he really feels comfortable in front of just his partner. He can kind of let loose, let <laughs> his feelings out. And he's like, I like Valentine's Day candy even more than Christmas candy. Wow. That's such a weird thing to say. But he's so into it. He can't wait to eat these chocolates. He opens up the box. He's like, you have some first. He's sharing it with his friend. He's just in such a good fucking mood that someone finally saw him. Just this old guy being settled down probably for a long time in this little mining town, doesn't get much action. And never could he have imagined that someone would think to give him this box of candy that kind of suggests that maybe someone's had their eye on him, maybe someone appreciates him on some kind of level. Like he just feels seen in this way that he probably hasn't felt in a really long time. <laughs> and then they, they open it up and there's this note inside and as he reads it, he realises that this isn't candy and, in fact, it's a human heart and this is all just some big horrible thing that someone's done to trick him. And that moment was so fucking crushing to me. Oh. I knew it was going to be in there. I knew it wasn't going to be candy. But the whole time I was hoping against all hope 
that there could just be like a little eclair in there for him, like something, Aww. like give him some roses because that was so moving, that scene, the way he played it, that little monologue about the candy. I just felt like for some reason I was so invested in him and that moment when he doesn't get the candy was so devastating to me. I had no other emotions about the whole rest of the movie, but that <laughs> scene... It really got to me. You describing that sequence, I think, was longer than the sequence itself. Um, <laughs> so there was a, there's Sorry. outside. No, that's fine. Outside of that, there was a whole lot of nothing going on in this movie. Yes. Did you have a favorite it was man? So a favorite man? Yeah, out of all the men. Oh, they were all disgusting. They were disgusting, and to have the little love triangle, like, oh, I'm, oh, so I'm dating that girl. No, I am. And then they beat each other up, like, fuck off. You all deserve to die in the mine. And guess what? A lot <laughs> of them do. Yeah, like, I couldn't care less about the mine. I could not care less. Who gets that excited about a Valentine's Day dance? Like, these people really had nothing going on. The whole reason that they don't have the dance anymore is because many people died. But they're still like, come on, we got to have the dance. It's been 20 the, years. <laughs> the police are like, no, we can't have the dance because people are dying this year and they've threatened to kill everyone if the dance takes place. And the kids are like, come on, we got to have the dance. And they have a <laughs> dance anyway. Like, what the fuck is happening in this town? They seriously had to have the dance so bad. Do you think if they didn't have the dance, he just wouldn't have killed the people? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there was his whole thing. He was like, Stop So they could have just avoided all like of this footloose. tragedy. Just stay home for one day. Yeah. There was no one that cute anyway in that town to dance with. No, that's true. I wouldn't have danced with any of them. Nah. And you know they weren't blasting some fun tracks at that dance. Like, it would have been so fucking boring. But they had to have the dance, even if it meant that everyone was going to die. They were, like, <laughs> possessed. This is like a movie about those the dance dancing plague. Those dance- Yes. I love the dancing the plague. Dance plague. They were like, we got to dance. This movie's so weird. Yeah, it's shit, actually. Did you ever see My Bloody Valentine 3D, the remake? Oh, my God. I feel like I did because I remember. Did it come out when we were, like, kind of young? Yeah, like high school. I probably did. I don't remember. What what's what happens? Is it good? Uh, no. No. <laughs> But is it like this plot? Yeah, it's basically the same plot, except it's like a reboot, but also some of the characters in the remake are related to the characters from this movie, and also the twist is different. But there's still a lot of mine A lot of of mine action. Right. We're going to get out of the mines. If we're doing a horror movie about a sexy holiday like Valentine's Day, there should not be a mine anywhere. There shouldn't be that kind of shaft in this movie. Like, it's a Valentine's Day. We should have some fun, sensual stuff going on. There should be rose petals. There should be candles. Why the fuck are we in a mine the whole time? Maybe there could be a Valentine's horror movie set in one of those, like, love hotels where each room has a different theme. Oh, and then the hotel is made by that guy who made that, like, hotel that killed everyone? What? You know that man that made a hotel, but, like, there were all these, like, Secret was he slides like, and shit. He was doing stuff with their bodies, right? Like he was. I think he had all these shoots that he could kill someone and then just chuck them down the chute. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm so sorry to those people who died. <laughs> what are you laughing I'm in a really weird mood. People died in the death hotel and you're laughing. It's just for some reason right now striking me as strange that 
He went to all that trouble because he was too lazy to move the bodies around manually. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Queen. sorry to those people. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, I think- there's got to be more. We didn't even touch on Easter. Yeah, yeah. We there's so many Easter on... movies. They're all on Tubi. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite holiday of the year? My favorite holiday of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anzac Day. I don't know. Like, if, Jesus. Why would I have a favorite holiday? I like. I, I like not going to work. Yeah, true. Like <laughs> we didn't do New Year's Eve. Yeah, We've definitely. You know, there's lots of New Year's Eve horror is, movies. Do you remember there was that spate of rom coms set around like Mother's Day, New Year's Eve? Oh my god, all had Julia Mother's Roberts? Day is a horror movie because have you seen Julia Roberts' wig in that fucking movie? Oh, I haven't. We could have done that. That's terrifying. Yeah. Anyway, the point of it is that we're going to do more of these, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe for Easter next year we could watch all the terrible, like, killer Easter bunny movies. Yeah. I'd like there's, that. There's so many of them. That's why I didn't pick any because I was just overwhelmed. Yeah, it is kind of overwhelming just even how many Christmas movies there are. Yeah. And Shutter has a lot of them right now, which is cute. So if you have a Shutter subscription... Just have some Not friends sponsored. over and watch some Christmas horror movies. I would do that if I had any friends. Hey. You want to come what over and watch Christmas? Liver? Oh, no, you're busy. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, maybe we can watch some when it's not Christmas. Yeah. And we could just pretend it's Christmas. Yeah, we could have eggnog. I would love to do that. That sounds really I fun. don't really know what's eggnog. I think it's like a custard, but with like some spices as well and uh-huh. rum. Oh, yeah. That sounds all right. I think. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, anyway, I don't really have anything else to say about holiday horror movies, except that I love a gimmick. Mm. And anyone who, any filmmaker who's like, my next film, I'm going to dedicate like a year to making a movie about fucking President's Day. I love that for them. <laughs> that would be a good one. You could do like zombie Abe Lincoln. Oh, wait. Maybe that's been done. True. Mm-hmm. What about the Queen's birthday? I guess we don't have it's that. It's the anymore. king's birthday now. Yeah. It's not even That's his not real birthday. So, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, um, let us know your favorite holiday horror movies, especially Christmas, because, you know, or New Year's Eve, because we're about to do that. Yeah. And it's not too far off from Valentine's Day. And if you're someone who celebrates Valentine's Day by watching people get chopped up on screen, then I like you. Yeah. Yeah. We like all the spookies. Regardless. Well, some of them might be really bad people. I hope not. <laughs> hey, if you're a really bad person, don't listen. Yeah, but, well, just, I think they should still listen. You know? <laughs> yeah. No. We're spreading a good message here. Yeah, true. Anyway, <laughs> you can get in touch with us at our Instagram at Spooky Bitch Gang. Yeah. Um, you always remember DM that. Us. You're such a businesswoman. Thanks. Yeah, I am a business lady. Uh, I'm. I'm just. I'm always grinding like uh, that woman in Blood Rage. <laughs> I got to get a rich daddy for my babies, my little cat baby. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's all from us. That's all. So and 
Merry Christmas. That's us for the year. Yeah, that's us for the whole entire year. And 2023. What a great year. We'll be back in early 2024. And we'll, like every year, we'll talk our top tens of 2023. And I've seen jack shit, to be honest. Um, really? So- I'm so excited for that list. I'm so excited. But if you have, if you're listening right now and you have some suggestions for like really great stuff that came out in 2023, please send it to us because we really, I just, I want to like have seen as much as possible. So I'm doing like a good list. Mm. Yeah, you, you want to make sure you're, you're actually choosing the best. Yeah, I don't want to be like, oh, I guess I'll put that in because i got nothing else. I want to really be like, these are the best ones. I don't want to next year in June, I'm like, oh, fuck, I should have put this thing in. Yeah, true. So please send them our way and we love you. Stay safe for the silly season. Don't play any pranks on anyone. Yeah, no pranks. And, you know, just keep it spooky. Uh, yep, have a spooky Christmas and a new year. Right. <laughs> Just have one. Yeah, you will. It's inevitable. All right. <laughs> See ya. Unless you die. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.